This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Spaceballs, the movie. Princess Vespa spaceship within range, sir. Good. July, or someone's trying to kill us! Now we will show her who is in charge of this galaxy. If you do not give me the combination to the air shield, Dr. Slotkin will give your daughter back her old nose! No! Only one man and his trusted companion can save planet Druidia from disaster. Okay, Eagle Five, coming in. Lone Star. First, they must learn the secrets of yogurt. Yogurt? I am the keeper of a greater magic. The Force? No, the Schwartz. Avoid capture on a distant planet. Come up to comb the desert, do you hear me? Comb the desert! Found anything yet? We ain't found... Battle the entire Spaceball army. Shut my ear! Holy! And escape the clutches of Dark Helmet. I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Abandon ship! Proceed to escape pods! What the hell's the matter with this seat, fella? When does this happen in the movie? Spaceballs, the movie. How do I know you're not making faces at me under that thing? And may the Schwartz be with Episode of newcomers. We've come to the end. Thank God. <laughs> oh, thank God. We did it. We've consumed so much Star Wars to the point where, like, I'm upset about it. And we watched. What did we watch? We watched everything. Everything. We've seen everything. Um, I'm Lauren Lapkus. Oh yes, I'm Nicole Byer, and I'm exhausted. Me too. I, I, I mean, the amount of hours we've put in. 
But we have called, we are we have been heading towards this moment. Yes. This is our most exciting episode, I have to say. I'm yes. I'm very very excited about our guests today. Um, but we, yeah, we watched Spaceballs. It's our season finale, and so everyone's been saying from the start of this that we have to watch Spaceballs. Yes, like, we've been getting tweets nonstop um, that everyone's like, "Well, you'll like Spaceballs. Watch Spaceballs." And I mean, I have opinions on Spaceballs. I'm I sure have you- opinions as well. <laughs> Um, and if you don't know, Spaceballs is the 1987 parody film, um, kind of sending up Star Wars. Uh, and we are, oh, we have a little Hoth Goss segment here. There is a mm-hmm. Bop It Baby Yoda. Which to me is like, I love Bop It. I love Baby Yoda, but I'm not trying to bop Baby Yoda. I agree. I feel like this is kind of hard to to play with, it looks like. It's, right? It looks like a Baby Yoda, but you're supposed to like, what, pull its arms and stuff like you would with the bop it? Yeah, I guess you pull his arms and its head, which is honestly teaching kids to be mean to aliens. Like, what if a little alien comes down, you're going to bop it, because that's what you've been doing. I would be so excited if Baby Yoda just walked down my driveway. <laughs> and I have to give a little bit of a spoiler, because, Nicole, I sent you a present in the mail. And I'm, I'm, I don't want to tell you what it is, but I just want everyone to know that something is coming to you, and I think you're going to like it. It's a baby Yoda. I know it, it is. It is. It is. Oh, <laughs> uh, then I got to send you. Did you buy yourself baby Yoda? No, they only let you buy one, but I, okay. I was going to make Mike buy it for me. You don't have to buy it for me. I'm not. No, I'm going to buy you baby buy- Yoda. <laughs> it's only proper that I send you baby Yoda because you sent me baby well, Yoda. That is exciting. I mean, I, I'm just really excited for you to get it. And I was going to have it be a total surprise. And then I thought, well, we're not going to record again. So you won't know that you're <laughs> getting it. And, you know. So it kind of I just get it. this baby Yoda and I'm like, who did it? Who sent this? And then to you just me? never talk to me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Should we introduce our guest? Yes. Um, okay, we're very excited about our guests. Uh, one mm-hmm. is an actress and improviser who is part of my uh, improv group, Wild Horses. Yes, and the other is an actor producer who voices Jar Jar Binks in the Star Wars series. <laughs> and in Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge, they play a Jedi and a droid hosting a game show, putting contestants through a series of obstacles in the attempt to gain the rank of Jedi Knight. Welcome well, to the show. Well, Oh, we can't. We know we can't no, say it in sync. No. <laughs> we couldn't you clap in sync. We can't clap. We we certainly yeah. can't speak in sync. No. Welcome to the show, Mary Holland and Ahmed Best. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for having God. us on the show. Yes, thank you. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. We're so excited to have you. I I don't know if you know this, Ahmed, but Nicole's favorite character is Jar Jar Binks. Stop I it. love Jar Jar Binks and really? people people were so mean about Jar Jar but I was like Jar Jar is comedic relief Jar Jar is a, a great phys- well you are a very good physical comedian and Thank I you. just mm-hmm. I thought it was so much fun I agree yeah. we had so much fun watching that movie when we finally got there because we there was a lot of build up to that since we had heard about that before mm-hmm. um, and we don't know much about we didn't know much about Star Wars going into this so anything we knew we were like holding on to mm-hmm. but it was it was so fun it's like such a fun character yeah so we were so excited that you agreed to do this yeah he's a good he's a good guy our jar jar you know he was always pointed at children you know he was always a kid's mm-hmm. character and um george really george lucas really had this idea of being able to capture the minds and the and the imaginations of kids when he came up with jar jar and then 
um, you know, that was the first time anyone had ever done a CGI live action character in movie history. So Wait, really? Yeah. We didn't yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know cool. that either. Yeah, wow. yeah. That was before Lord of the Rings and, and right. the Avengers and all that stuff. So Jar Jar was first. And so it was it was a very huge collaborative experiment between me, George Lucas, Industrial Lights and Magic, and um just like we were there was a lot of days that we were just fighting science. Like it was really difficult mm-hmm. to wow. bring Jar Jar to life because all of these elements hadn't been tried before. So there was a lot of trial and error. There was a lot of error into error. And <laughs> you know, we really at the end of the day we made it work. You know, George watched Jurassic Park or George co-produced Jurassic Park. And that's when he kind of had the idea that this character a character could live because the dinosaurs were so successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah, and then he came up with this idea of Jar Jar and he was like the first CGI character in movie history. That, that I'm blown so away cool. that more mm-hmm. people don't talk about that. I yeah. agree. And it makes yeah. me more mad that people um, complained about it at the yes. time because you're like, wait, you've never even seen something like this. Yeah. yeah. This is what amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. you know, I kind of attribute it to me doing a good job because... <laughs> If <laughs> if you're mad at this character, that means you don't see me. You don't right? see like yes. you know all all the intricacies and in work. You actually believe what yeah. you are seeing on screen. So I thought Jar Jar was extremely successful because of that. You know, yes, that's such a good point. But there was a bit of an erasure of of the work and and um, especially my work. And you know, I, I often get forgotten about when we talk about this conversation of uh, actors being able to do this work. Mm-hmm. And what what really hasn't been talked about so much is the fact that the software for every CGI character from then to now is pretty much the same. And the scripts, the code for that software was written on me. So wow. I'm in wow. every CGI character from Phantom Menace to the present. That's um, incredible. So cool. <laughs> You're a living legend. Can you even? That's it's amazing. Kind of, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. But I really, really you know, cool. the big deal about it was just like we we did something that had never been done before. And it really was a fun experience. It was an education. And it really made this idea of pioneering and taking a risk and taking a chance interwoven into who I am as a as an artist and a performer. Wow. I have beautiful. a question. Yeah. Was it a hard learning curve for the other actors to interact with you since you yeah. how did that go? You know, at first it was challenging because you know Jar Jar was taller than me. Mm-hmm. And so I was we wearing these like six some- Behind the scenes stuff a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I was wearing six inch lifts and I was wearing this like Jar Jar helmet. Yeah. Right. Where there's like this <laughs> band that looked like Jordy LaForge from the forehead down. And then <laughs> Jar Jar was like sitting on top of my head. And so the eye line, everyone had to focus on this eye line. Right. Mm-hmm. And imagine that Jar Jar was talking, you know, about six inches off the top of my head. But like my mouth is moving. So everybody would like, do a lot yeah. of look down, look up, look down, look up, like look down, look up. And I'm just like, I'm lying. I'm like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. But um, what what I felt was um, interesting about it for me as an actor 
was it felt a lot like not just like physical comedy, but also like puppeteering. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had done a little puppeteering back in the day. Um, But, you know, with puppeteering, your hand is in the puppet and you have sticks Mm -hmm. and everything like that. So I get to be the puppet. And I I get to move as if like my head is my neck. So I was just thinking like, as far as like puppeteering goes, I was thinking like, all right, this is the neck part of the animal and this is the head part of the animal. And that influenced all my movement. And, you know, it was funny because Frank Oz, who plays Yoda, was on set uh, Phantom Menace. And, you know, he did Yoda with the puppet, you know, and he was like underneath Mm -hmm the floor and they built the floor for him and he would walk. And so there were like scenes where I walk out as Jar Jar and Yoda walks in as Frank Oz. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Frank Oz walks in as Yoda other way around. And we're both (laughs) doing like 20th and 21st century puppeteering, like crossing each other. Wow. That's that's so cool. Yeah. It was pretty dope. And were you a fan of the movies before you were cast? Yeah. I grew up. Star Wars A New Hope was my first movie ever. That was the first movie I ever wow. saw. Dang, that's that cool. That must have been amazing to get that role. It was a little bit unbelievable. You know, <laughs> I, I I actually like didn't believe it until like the first day shooting because I was like, oh my God, we're here. We're doing it. <laughs> it was just really weird, you know? I was like, how? You know, I'm from the South Bronx, New York City, right? So... I had never thought the trajectory of my career would be in Star Wars at all. Like there was, it was always this thing that was, you know, a part of mythology, a part of fantasy. And, you know, I I didn't grow up with very much. So, you know, I couldn't really afford all the Star Wars stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I tell this story often, like we went to see Star Wars. I have a twin brother and an older sister. And the three of us, we all go see Star Wars with my parents. And we're all just like bouncing off the walls and nah, right. But we couldn't afford any of the stuff. So we're just like all talking about imagination, who we'd be and nah, right. And so my mom goes to the fabric store in the Bronx and sees like a roll of fabric that has like Star Wars stuff all on it. It's like Luke and Princess Leia and Han Solo and all that stuff, right? And so she buys like 10 yards of this fabric and then makes us like sheets, pillowcases, curtains. She makes pajamas for us. And like, we got to live in all of that stuff. That is so sweet. That's how much we loved it. And she saw how much we loved it. So she like made all this stuff for us. So it's really, you know, Star Wars has always been very close to me, you know, personally. And then, you know, Empire is my favorite movie of all time. So, yeah, I mean, I had always been a giant Star Wars fan. And when I just auditioned for it, you know, when you audition for things, you try not to, you try to like blow it off. Oh, it's no big deal. (laughs) If I get it, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't care about this. Actually, I hate this. Then I drive home and I'm like, I hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You're like, you walk into the room. You know what? They're better for me being in here. That's what I think. That's what it's about. That's what this whole thing is about. I'm not an auditioner. I'm an actor. Every audition is a performance. And you should be paying me. You're lucky that I'm here. Right? The level of delusion that it takes to be an actor is so astounding. To be like, I'm good enough to get it. It's it's so wild. 
You're just like, I'm actually amazing. So, and I I don't even need this. I actually am fine with everything I have. And this isn't, (laughs) right. And then you get Star Wars. So Uh did you know what it was when you were auditioning? Did they make, did they have you like, I knew it was, I knew it was Star Wars. I just didn't, they couldn't tell me anything. Like everything was so hush hush Mm. under wraps, NDA. And I had no idea. It's just, it's crazy how I even got the audition. I, I was, I used to be in this show, this Broadway show called Stomp. Which is like yeah. body percussion and yes. physical. Stomp so good. Yeah, I was in so Stomp good. for years. And we were That's doing so cool. a tour in San Francisco. And um, long story short, because this is a very crazy long story. But long story short, I had no idea that someone in our cast was friends with the casting director for Star Wars. And I had just done probably the most self-centered arrogant 24 year old egotistical show that I had ever done. And it was, it was because I was, I was upset at a cast member, right? Mm -hmm. For good reason. I was upset for good reason, (laughs) but he wasn't as good as me in stomp. And, you know, I'm a drummer. So I just decided to destroy him. Like just absolutely just (laughs) demolish. And, you know, in a very like, arrogant, ridiculous, 24-year-old asshole way. Like, I just (laughs) crushed him. You know, and, you know, Stop was always about this ensemble. Like, we're all playing together. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And I I had the role that night of, like, setting the tempos, right? Right. And I had been working with that cast for, like, months. And this guy just came in from New York and was just like, I'm, I was the lead of the show. But he came in and he was just like, I'm going to lead the show tonight because I have friends in San Francisco. And he had, he had tenure over me. So I was like, what the, what? You can't come in and just take my cast. But my cast knew me, right? They knew what I could do and they knew how fast. So all it took was like a look. And I was like, here we go. And they were just like, oh, I meds on one tonight. Uh. And we, I'm just blasting him like a bull out of the war. Like he couldn't keep up. He was like dropping stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> it was awful. That's it was so, so bad. I, was, uh, I, think, I think back on it. I'm just like, oh, my God. How? What? What an asshole. But I was like really disappointed in myself after the show. And then... The casting director for Star Wars is in the audience. Oh, and wow. the, my, one of my castmates who invited her was just like, the casting director of Star Wars was here and she wants you to audition. And I was like, who, me? <laughs> you know? She's like, yeah. Wow. And so like the next, it took a couple days, I was driving up to Skywalker Ranch. And I was just like, you auditioned what? at Skywalker Ranch? I did. That like, is wow. crazy. crazy. Yeah. Where My is first that? Aud- it's in Marin County. Wow. In NorCal, right? It's like uh. half hour outside of San Francisco. Right. It's Disney's now. George doesn't own it. But back in the day, it was George's property. And I just remember like driving the Skywalker, just like, what is going on right now? <laughs> like, crazy. what am I doing? And so when I drive up, I drive up to the ranch, you know, they have this huge gate and they're like, before you even say your name, they know it's you and like your name pops up on a thing and the thing opens. So you drive in the gate and then they have like this greeting house, right? It's like a little small. It's like what you see at most studios, right? Before you get to the greeting house, there's a a firehouse, like Skywalker Ranch has its own fire brigade. Like they have like firemen and fire engines and 
fire stuff. And like every time there's a fire in like Marin County, the Skywalker Ranch firemen go too. They're just like, oh, let's go oh, help out. Wild. Right. So <laughs> I drive up to the thing and I was like, they got legit firemen on Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing that was like the most exciting about it is like every fireman on the Skywalker Ranch, they have uh, fireman uniforms and the patches are X-Wing fighters. Wow. That's cool. That's fun. So I was like, this is ridiculous. Cool. So already, I'm already, my mind is like, oh my God. Yeah. I can't believe that. And then I have to audition for this movie. And not be freaked out, not be like blown away. And, and I'm just trying to play it cool. Like, oh, yeah, I, I talk to personal fire brigades all the time. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Who and cares? The, I go to the main house, which is this huge, this beautiful Victorian mansion. And I audition there. And, you know, Robin Gerlin, who was the casting director at the time. She was just like, I can't tell you anything. I can't give you a script. I can't tell you what the story is. I can't tell you what you're auditioning for. And I was just like, okay, well, what do you want me to do? And she was like, okay, we're just going to do some improv stuff. And I had done a lot of improv in New York and, and when I first moved to L.A., you know what I'm saying? So I was cool with improv, but it was like all physical improv. There was no mm-hmm. words. And she was like, well, crawl on the ground and I'll stand up and I'll... You know, do oh. and I'm a martial artist, so I just started doing like kicks and flips and all this kind of stuff in a small space because I knew it was like a physical role. And she was like, "Okay, thanks." And then I go wow. back on tour, and um, like a month and a half later, they call me back for a screen test. And so I fly back. I think I was in D.C. and I fly back from D.C. to do a screen test at ILM, and this was like the mocap screen test, which everybody's used to now. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the, the cat suit and the ping pong mm-hmm. balls on the cat suit. Like everything that people in video games and all that. Everybody's cool with that. Nobody had really seen that before. And I had never seen it before either. So I go to this room and they just like, put this on. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> like I gotta so put on this weird. cat suit right now? Like, And you have to feel confident. It's, it's saying yeah. of like the balls on the outside. I was like, am I bloated? Like what do I look? <laughs> Covered in ping pong balls. That's so awkward. Yeah, and it's like all so these confusing. ping pong balls. And then they gave me like six inch Converse platforms. So <laughs> I was ready for whatever drag show that they were setting me up for. <laughs> I was like, all right, I don't know what I'm about to do, but I'm going to turn this out. Nice. <laughs> and then they were just like, all right, uh, we're just waiting for George to show up. And I was like, what? I didn't know that George was going to be at the screen test. Oh nobody gosh. was telling me anything. I was just like, <laughs> I was just looking around like, what's going on? And there were all these computers in the room. And, you know, back then that was like 96, you know, back then computers were machines. Yeah. Like they were <laughs> big, big, big. Like mm-hmm. the monitors were three feet thick. And <laughs> yeah. Like none yeah. of this newfangled flat screen, nothing. You know, it was just like, people were like, like there was hard yeah. labor. <laughs> on computers you know was, oh, shoveling coal inside hard drives <laughs> <laughs> right? computers were machines so I was like this room full of computers ping pong balls and stuff and then these cameras that are shooting infrared film at the time because digital photography wasn't a thing yet in motion pictures like you had 
digital cameras, but it was like infrared film that picked up the uh, light shining on the ping pong ball, right? And George walks in and he's like, you know, central casting George Lucas, like (laughs) the flannel joint, (laughs) the hair, the horn rims, the jeans. I was like, oh yeah, man, you are on brand right now. (laughs) That's you. You know, who you are. And he was like mad cool. And he was just like, yeah, you know, just walk up and down a little bit. And then I started doing some the stuff that I did at the audition, which was like lower to the ground. Because at first, Jar Jar was supposed to be like this salamander kind of creature. Like he was supposed to be like kind of low and slinky. And I was like, whoa, that's going to be a long six months. I better do some push-ups. Do something else. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Better work on this core if I'm going to do that. (laughs) Right? So he was just like, no, I want you to stand up and walk. And then I started walking. And then he was like, okay, do whatever you want. I was like, all right, cool. So I started doing the same thing, kicks and backflips and all this stuff. And then he was like, yeah, okay. And then leaves. <laughs> and I was like, did I do too much? Did I not? Man, I messed up. It's so crazy being just so left in the dark about mm-hmm. anything that's happening and also any kind of feedback of like is this right is this not do you not like that like am i going in the right direction yeah can i get some notes like tell me something nothing he was oh okay right and you know george is kind of even emotionally but everybody was just like oh yeah you did really good i was like okay Mm -hmm." and then they were like let me show you what you did and so i walked behind the gigantic 10 foot thick monitors and I watch what the film picked up and it was this, what they call a point cloud, but it was this ping pong ball skeletal outline of right. me. Oh and yeah, that's cool. it looked like that is me. So cool. Like I was uh-huh. just bugging at, at how the representation of it was just like, I was like, I can recognize myself in this point cloud. Yeah. And all the engineers were looking at each other like, we could do this. This is good. We can do it. That's it's gonna cool. work. Wow, that's right? so exciting. Before I walked in the room, they were just like, uh, well, this, <laughs> we hope this we're works. just a bunch of guys who can <laughs> yeah. punch in code in a computer. Mm. Then yeah. when I walked, when they saw me actually working, they were just like, Oh yeah, this is gonna work. This is do you think they had like put put on the suit themselves and just like tried it and they were like, I they don't did. know, man. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and Wait, I saw really? some of both. Yeah. Yeah. They were like That's a couple so people. That's so funny like, that they were like, this is bad. We have to find someone who's good <laughs> yeah. at this to be good at this. Yeah. Because George Cause had shit a, doesn't come to life until someone yeah. actually does it. Yeah. Because yeah, George had an idea of how this character was going to move. Right. And he was like, I need an actor, which to his credit, um, I think set the stage for Andy Serkis and, you know, his wonderful performances because now directors recognize that you just can't get a body. You need Mm -hmm. an actor, right? And you see it in the games as well. Like when you play NBA 2K20, Mm -hmm. it has to look like the NBA player that you're playing because we Mm -hmm. believe the movements, right? Mm -hmm. We believe that that's how, you know, LeBron James dunks. We believe that that's how Steph Curry shoots a three. Like we're so in tune to our physicalities uh, as human beings. When we see something that doesn't feel right, we know, mm. right? We, we know inherently. We're just like, no, that's not. And yeah. even if we can't articulate it, 
our brains go, I don't believe that. And that mm-hmm. pulls us out of the story. And that's like, that's that phenomenon. Lauren, I feel like we've talked about in Wild Horses, but the uncanny valley yes. thing, yes. which is like things that are almost human, but not quite. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the Polar Express movie, people yeah. really yes. were upset because they looked like people, but not. Mm-hmm. And it was like really weird. Like it's very it's realistic, jarring. but wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, we as human beings, you know, computers and artificial intelligence are nowhere near our brains at all. Like they have a very, very long way to go before they can do what we do just by being human beings. So when we see stuff that doesn't feel human, we're immediately, our brains recognize it and go, nope, I don't believe it. Yeah, reject yeah. it. I don't yeah. believe it. I don't yeah. want it. I don't want it. Oh my God. Well, that's so interesting. Yeah, that's such I love a crazy it. story. I love that. Oh, and I'm that, so excited to know that new information that that was like the first CGI character played by an actor. It's like amazing. I can't wait to tell people that information and then parrot back your story <laughs> incorrectly to people. <laughs> like, did you know this and this and this? And you like, auditioned, did he actually get Yeah, man. And then there was this incident with Michael Jackson, which was. I'll tell you about We're that. We're listening. Later. Wait, <laughs> yes. I truly I like leaned in because I, I was know, like, I, was like, I <laughs> must know this. I had this weird moment with Michael Jackson. That um, oh, I don't know if you could have a normal one with him. I yeah. wasn't yeah. I, if you ever if you've ever met anybody who you've idolized as a child, you you hold them in this like really, really high regard, right? Yeah. And you don't want to do anything. You know, it's it's that that adage that says never meet your heroes. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because you don't want to do anything that either makes them hate you or you, you you meet them and you're just like, oh man, you're a jerk. I don't even want to be near yeah. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, we, me and George and Natalie Portman and George's kids, we all went to see Michael Jackson at Wembley in while we were shooting Phantom Menace. Wow. You know, Michael Jackson showed up and down and George did Captain EO. And I don't know if I'm dating myself, but Captain oh, EO right. was this like 3D experience at Epcot in Florida mm-hmm. at Disney World. And, yeah, and, I went and, when I was a kid and I remember it same. very clearly. And it was really cool because they would like blow like air on you if something happened. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they did like sensory sort of things. It was yeah. really fun. And, you know, he sang songs and it was all about the environment and it was they had these weird Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> but George had like... Stayed in touch with Michael Jackson for a lot of years, right? Michael was a huge fan of Star Wars and, and you know, he knew George's kids. So we were in the Royal Box at Wembley. And um, <laughs> this is such a strange day. We went in the box and we were watching Michael Jackson and he was incredible, right? So, but if before like the end of the show, Right. So we're sitting in Wembley and behind us is a wall and I'm sitting like there and George is next to me and Natalie is on to the left. And me and Natalie were like huge Michael Jackson fans. And so we're just tripping over it. George's kids are there. We're just tripping, bugging out, singing everything. And Mike, we're just like, beat it. Right. And then this dude comes out from the wall behind us. Like, uh, would you follow me, please? Right. And I'm like, What? <laughs> Who is this guy? Right. And where did he come from? So he opens the wall and there's a secret passageway stairs behind Wembley Arena. Boom. We're backstage. There's this triage of people who um, have passed out because 
apparently like there's some kind of a, a hospital bed situation for people who get so excited about Michael Jackson. Like they're, they're ready for it. Right. So it was a, it was a bunch of like British people completely unconscious because they're like for the uh, michael jackson uh that's and they passed out insane so i'm walking through this like makeshift hospital of michael jackson exciting Mm -hmm. and we go backstage and um the creepy guy points to this like curtained off this creepy british man he points to this curtained off area and he's like, oh, I'm back there. <laughs> and so we go through the creepy area and there's Michael Jackson, like putting oh on a shirt. Oh my gosh. Now, I don't know why my brain did this, but there had <laughs> been stories about Michael Jackson bleaching his skin, right? Mm-hmm. And there was all of these things about Michael Jackson, like wanting to be white and not loving being black and all of this stuff. And then Michael Jackson came out and was just like, nah, I got a skin condition called vitiligo. Mm-hmm. And then people were just like, no, you don't, Michael Jackson. You don't want to be black. <laughs> right? And he, and he was like, no. <laughs> like, I, I have a skin condition. And so there was this rumors, like, hey, does this is a skin condition or does he hate his blackness? What is it? Right? My brain immediately goes to that. Mm-mm. I'm just oh, no. like, I'm going to find the black on you. I wanna, <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to look for it. Like, you're in here. You're vulnerable. I'm looking You're for the vulnerable. black. <laughs> I will find the black on you. Putting on a shirt, right? Hyper focused vision. All of a sudden, I have. I'm like Superman X-ray vision. Like looking for the blackness, right? And I'm just like, can't find it. Michael reaches out his hand to shake my hand, and on his fingertips. Yeah, it was right hand on his fingertips. Little brown splotches Uh of vitiligo, right? Uh And I was like, it's true. You have vitiligo. Wow. And what he did was the glove. I was going to say. Was covering the vitiligo that he had, right? So that's, that's why the glove. This is like breaking news, news honestly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> truly. Right? Breaking news. And while while I, I saw the fingers, right? Shook his hand, saw the fingers on the spot. And then he taped his fingers, right? To cover the sponges. Mm-hmm. And I was wow. like, that's why he wore like the tape on his fingers. Like all the stuff. If you watch Michael Jackson videos, you'll see like he mm-hmm. always has some stuff on his hands, mm-hmm. right? And it's covering the brown splotches because he was embarrassed of the vitiligo. I was like, oh, snap. It's That's real. so interesting. Right? That is really So wild. Michael goes out, finishes the show. He does Heal the World. His mama's there. There's a whole bunch of random children. And they're just like, oh, all right. And then he disappears into the floor. And I was like, that was great. That was fantastic. Michael Jackson. That's amazing. Creepy guy shows up again. <laughs> right? I'm like, what? Where did you come from? <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, would you follow me? <laughs> and he's always like, we're always following him, like somewhere. Like, who is this guy? Right? Creepy guy shows up. You follow me, please. We all go outside and we go to the driveway, like outside of Wembley. There's like a caravan of Toyota minivans, right? Michael Jackson pops out on one of the Toyota minivans and he's wearing the fedora 
the epaulets, the captain joint, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the mask, right? He's in Michael Jackson wear, right? I'm like, oh, snap, there he is in full regalia, right? And inside the truck is Lisa Marie Presley, which I was just like, scandal, Mm because they just got divorced, (laughs) right? Lisa Marie Presley and, like, 10, 15 kids, right? And so Michael gets out, and he's like, yo, thank you for coming to my show. And then George steps up and he's like, you remember my kids? And Michael's like, oh, my God, I remember you guys when you were babies. That's cool. And he's like, this is Natalie Portman. Hey, Natalie, I'm a fan of your work, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then he goes, this is Jar Jar Binks. And Michael goes like this. Oh. (laughs) No. Straight up. Like, you know, he's like, oh, Michael Jackson. And oh, this is so high voice. This is Jar Jar Binks. Oh, <laughs> like a dude. Like he got like, what? He got wow. Gary Indiana. That's on, he, so he was like this. rude. Wow. That is so what? rude. He was like, oh. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> that's weird. What do you even say to that? Like, well, nice to meet you. I, I mean, was like, yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. So he was like, okay, thanks, guys. We're back to the high voice. Thanks for coming to the show. <laughs> Gets in the minivan. They all drive off. We go up to the bar, have a drink. And I'm like, hey, George, can I ask you a question? <laughs> uh, why did you introduce me as Jar Jar Binks? And why all of a sudden is Michael Jackson like masculine voiced? <laughs> and he goes, well, Michael wanted to be Jar Jar. <laughs> and he um, oh. wanted to do it with prosthetics and makeup like oh he did Thriller. God. That is not where I thought that was no, going. Me either. Also, George, how mean. <laughs> Why would you do that? Just yeah, introduce by your name. Yes. You don't like you. I said to him, I was that? like, you're telling him now? Like, I'm there and you're That's... breaking the news that he ain't get the part and I'm the guy now? Michael no. Jackson for the Michael Jackson? <laughs> That's Michael, wow, that's Michael cool. Jackson for the Jackson that's five. That's awful, George. Awful, George. I was like, what are you doing? Why would of you do that, so that was his. That was his moment as an actor finding out he didn't get the part. Yes. Which feels bad and you have to pretend it's fine. And then you're, he's looking yes. at the person who took who the role <laughs> and he just and he's in front of George. He just go. I mean that's that's amazing. The fact that I he was like this, I was like, "What, bro? Why would you do that to me?" I love it. George I love loves Michael Jackson. drama. He just George threw you under drama. the bus. He was like, "He's like, let's see what happens." <laughs> yeah. He was like, "What's Michael Jackson gonna do to me?" That's <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. George that's Lucas. So wild. Oh, wow. Mary, what so happened when you met yes. Michael Jackson? Well, when I met Michael Jackson. Um, we, it was crazy. Uh, <laughs> well, Mary, I want to ask you about your connection to Star Wars, like from growing up and... Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about what it's meant to you and what your connection is. I remember we owned the VHS is... The VHS is? VHSI. Mm-hmm. V- thank you. The VHSI. The VHI. Uh, VHS of uh, uh, episode four, five, and six and i didn't i didn't like see it in the theater or anything but my brother i think did and my parents definitely did and so it it wasn't like fully uh it wasn't something that i came up knowing about but i remember at a certain point i came across those vhsi and i was <laughs> like well this looks interesting and i started watching a new hope 
And I got so into it. And around that time, too, I was like playing uh, flute in band. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I joined a group of people who were also really into Star Wars. (laughs) Um, And so uh, I became a a big fan through that. And then it that was uh, getting close to the time, I think, when uh, Phantom Menace was coming out. So we all went to the theater together to see it and. Yeah, it was like a, a a big topic of fandom in my friend group, I remember. And then my fiance, Matt, is a massive Star Wars fan. Oh. So it was very much a part of our, our lives together now. <laughs> so that must have been really exciting when you got this role on the Jedi so Temple Challenge. So exciting, yes. Because now you're part of the... You're part of, of the canon. Canon. Yeah, I think. I think so. I think right? that's how yeah. it works. I mean, it's on Disney, we're, right? We're canon, you know, right? Uh, maybe. Keep questioning. I mm. don't I'm wondering know. that too. Everyone keeps asking me that. Is this yeah. canon? And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I, mm, I, <laughs> I hope we, just we have here, had bro. this debate. Like, I don't know. On, yeah. We've had this debate about so many different things. Uh-huh. Like people come on and tell us something is canon and something is legend. And oh. I feel like we've been taught a bunch of times and we can't retain it. So Correct. we can't really yeah, answer. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's a strong like maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. a really, really strong maybe. It's still really cool. You get to have Star Wars on your resume. So yes, how did you sure. how did it work with you shooting? You were a droid in this. So mm-hmm. is there like a suit mm-hmm. or is it do you interact with people? Like how does it work? It was really interesting. The the man who designed and built the who built 83 was also inside the suit. So oh. he had built it to to fit his body. And he's he's done like, he's played C-3PO at conventions and things. So he's very much in the droid world and knows those movements. And so we talked a lot about 83 and how I was envisioning her, her movements. And then I also like, I had this whole system of, communication in front of me I sat in the control room with the producers where we had the monitors and I watched Ahmed on screen and I had a mic that was like a a god mic kind of where I would talk into in the sound so Ahmed and I could banter and then I had a separate mic that would go to the headset to Gordon inside the suit. And so oh, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. We tried this a few times where I was like, OK, OK, put your hands up in the air. Uh, I'm having fun. <laughs> 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 Trying to like both. But eventually I, I sort of gave up on the uh, talking in the headset, then talking because we kind of figured out he sort of got to know my um, the rhythm of my voice and how mm-hmm. he can like animate that. So, so yeah, there was, uh, it was, it was wild, but it was so interesting, like playing with Ahmed and we had so many instances where we needed to riff and like banter with each other. And I, it was wild to do it with someone I'm watching on TV Mm -hmm. and not someone I'm actually physically standing next to, but I feel like I got so used to it, uh, pretty early on it. It felt really natural. Yeah. It was really good. You made it really easy. You really did. Because it's oh, weird, it's like, standing next to the droid <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. with no expressions, you know what I'm <laughs> right. saying? Like, and, <laughs> you know, Gordon, who played the, the droid, he would, like, turn to me and he'd be like, and then you hear Mary say something hysterical. That must like, have been so strange. <laughs> I didn't even think about it from that, from your perspective. Like, oh, I'm like, weird. there's this body and then a weird voice coming from somewhere That's else. That's so weird. <laughs> 
And Mary, did you feel like you had to like study up to be able to like banter within this world? Or did you feel like it's yeah. all stuff that you're really familiar with? No, there there were a lot of like droid specifics that I didn't know, like um, audio receptors or ears. And even like uh, I, I made some joke about, look, I went... <laughs> There are a lot of bathroom jokes I made. And so hey, like, we love them here. Yeah. We love them. <laughs> so I had to I, there were um, standards and practices and, and people who were in the control room with me being like, Mary, I, I remember I tried to do a joke where uh, I said, <laughs> OK, I said to Gordon, I was like, OK, uh, instead of um, I'm going to be like, instead of using the force, I'm going to use the floss. And then I want you to floss <laughs> to do that dance. <laughs> and Gordon was like, got it. And then, so I said it, and then they were like, okay, so Mary Flossing doesn't exist in the Star Wars universe, <laughs> so we, we can't use that joke. So there were, like, v- very specific but things, wait, that, like, okay, you can do this, but you can't do that. Why wouldn't a yeah. dance exist in, st- in the Star That's so weird. That's arbitrary. Well, I feel like weird. that's interesting, because it kind of, like, there are so many things, and actually Spaceballs is kind of a good example of this, but where everything is just, like, a hair off of what it really is. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so, like, you'd have to be call it something else, but you know what I mean? Like, that's a, that's an interesting problem to face when you're improvising in that setting, because you yes. want to just be able to say whatever you want, and then you're like, oh, this doesn't, this thing doesn't exist there? Okay. Yeah. But, like, maybe the word helmet does? Like, I don't know. Like, there are probably <laughs> things that do. So, that's... <laughs> Yeah, that's weird. It was interesting. So yeah, I had like notes on my on my that I kept of like refresher is the word for bathroom. Audio receptor is a word for ears. Like I should joke about being dunked in oil and all this stuff. <laughs> uh, droid specifics. Uh, but I feel like Ahmed, you were super comfortable. Like, I, but you have much more knowledge of the universe than I do. But yeah. you seem very comfortable with the. Yeah, uh, I was really like. You know, I've been a part of this thing for a long time and I was there pre-Disney. So there's a there's a lot that I could get away with. Right. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I I was directly, you know, with George creating this thing. So, yeah. you know, anytime like there was a question about it, I'd be like, Well, I said it in, you know, Attack of the Clone. So <laughs> what are you what are you gonna do? Yeah, like, what are you gonna <laughs> undo that? Like yeah. Good luck. You can't you can't take that movie away. <laughs> you know? And then they would go through their Disney, you know, S and P. Like, can it? Is it possible? Is it possible? Can we do it? Can we do it? I was just like, guys, come on, mm-hmm. let's, just, let's just do it. If it's not gonna work, and we'll do something else. Like yeah. that's the magic of digital yeah. photography. That's right. All yeah. we gotta deal with is hard drives. Right. But yeah, I mean, what made it really easy was just Mary was just so oh. smart and fast. So most of my stuff is just reacting from her. You know what I'm saying? Like I was She's just the like, funniest. Wherever yes. she I just was so happy to go wherever she went. Oh, and um, you nice. know, I I just listened and responded. You know, she made me look great. Oh, I feel the same That's way so about awesome. you, Ahmed. Thank you. Oh, I love it. Oh, sweet. <laughs> well, on that nice note, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more. Woo! Remember in 2018 when border control separated thousands of refugee kids from their parents and deported the parents back to their home countries while keeping the kids in the United States? Well, believe it or not, six years later, there are hundreds of families who still have not been reunified. Although we as a community may feel hopeless at times, I recently learned about an organization called Al Otrolado, which works to reunify families. They provide holistic, legal, and humanitarian support to refugees, deportees, and other migrants in the U.S. and Tijuana through a multidisciplinary client-centered harm reduction based practice 
Since 2018, they've reunified over 100 refugee families ripped apart by Trump's zero-tolerance policy. Once reunited, El Otro Lotto helps each family to find legal representation, housing, and counseling that they need in order to heal and get on their feet. Imagine having your child ripped from your arms and never knowing when you'd see them again. We can't let family separations go on. If you're like me and believe that families belong together, join me in supporting El Otro Lotto and donate today. You can find the link to donate to El Otro Lotto in the description of this episode or go to gum.fm slash charity to donate today. You can also consider volunteering with the organization, which offers opportunities that are both in-person and virtual. The best way to get involved is by filling out an application on their website at alotrolado.org slash volunteer. Altrolado.org slash volunteer. Ooh, do you want to make your mom smile? Start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brand she loves. And guess what? It's delivered with the same day with DoorDash. Get 50% off your next order of up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now on DoorDash. And the promo code is NEWCOMERS. Listen, moms are a gift. I know that best. So give her the best this Mother's Day. Select from hundreds of expertly crafted bouquets to the best of tech to self-care essentials delivered right to the door. Get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with the code NEWCOMERS. That's NEWCOMERS. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Get a Mother's Day gift as unique as she is with DoorDash. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. My social battery right now, where would I put it? Ooh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking to connect with friends. I'm also looking to retreat a little bit and be by myself. It's hard to know exactly what you need at any given time. And it can be so easy to ignore our social battery and spread ourselves too thin, especially with social gatherings picking up so much. After the winter, the spring is here. Well, what's the right amount of socializing for you and how do you recharge? Maybe you thrive around people. Maybe you need more alone time. Therapy can give you the self-awareness to build a social life that doesn't drain your battery. I started therapy when I was about 30 and it was so, so helpful for me for learning about myself, learning about boundaries, learning about my relationships with other people and how to deal with other people. There's so many things you can benefit from therapy. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com newcomers today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot newcomers. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. 
Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. And we're back. <laughs> yes. Oh, that break was so wow, it was that was luxurious. I took we a nap. We got to know each other. We took naps. I ran a couple miles. Yeah. Had another kid. Whoa. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Another kid. Yeah. Nine months oh on the break. Oh, my gosh. Podcast. All I did was nap. I feel terrible. <laughs> you know? you wasted your time. I'm wasting my time. Um, okay. So we watched Spaceballs yes. for this episode. And, nice. um, you know, what did you guys think? Have you seen this movie before? I saw it in the theaters. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, in 87. And what was that? Did you think it was hilarious? Like, I'm wondering what it was like when it came out, you know. Well, I'm a big Mel Brooks fan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I I just love Mel Brooks ever since, like, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein Mm -hmm. are just just heavy rotation ever since I was a kid. You know, my father's a a cinematographer. So um, film is, like, a huge deal in my house. And and we would watch everything mm-hmm. my father watched everything and he would like like see this is why they did this camera move and look and why the light looks like this so you know i was the only kid in the south bronx who had a book on the coffee table that said fellini on fellini because mm-hmm. that's how my, <laughs> that's how deep wow. my father was as a cinephile yeah um but he was also really into like comedy and comedy records so i had like a lot of woody allen records i had Bill Cosby records. See, these things mean they're so mm, different now. Yeah. It's, I was uh, like, yeah. I know. Ooh, it's like, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Woody Allen. Ooh, let's clean up the timeline with Bill Cosby. Uh, 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 yeah. You know, now all we have to do is watch like Louis C.K. Oh, Jesus. Oh, it's hard. Canceled across it the board. Yeah. <laughs> but we also had Mel Brooks records. Nothing. Thank God. Mel yeah, Brooks yeah, is like, still, that good. One's fine. still good. <laughs> yeah. And like we had every, we had all the Mel Brooks stuff and uh, Blazing Saddles was big, which Richard Pryor was a writer on Blazing Saddles. And we had Richard Pryor records too. Mm-hmm. And then Mel Brooks did this movie called History of the World. Mm-hmm where he was Louis the 14th and he had a rap. And so he was like one of the first comedians who rapped. So I was always huge into Mel Brooks. So when Spaceballs came out, I was just like, oh, I'm in. And with Rick Moranis and, and Bill Pullman. He's so I really so just great. loved mm-hmm. all of those actors and, yeah. and Mel Brooks and Star Wars. So I remember going to see it and going, this is great. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of like East Coast, New York, humor in it yeah you know so like the whole the schwartz and you know because mm-hmm. we, we grew up with a lot of that as 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 you know just neighborhood talk just being in this incredibly 
diverse neighborhood in the Bronx, you know. So I, I you know, immediately got the humor um, and loved it and thought it was really great. It was like a lot of toilet humor and a lot of potty <laughs> humor. But, I, you know, the thing I remember as a kid that I, that made me laugh so hard was like Rick Moranis in the in the dark helmet. Yeah. And he was like breathing and and then the thing pops open. He's like, I can't breathe in <laughs> this <know>. thing. <laughs> the voice change was very funny. It was just a great intro to a really, really funny character. Yeah. So yeah. I loved it. I loved it from jump. Mary, yeah, when's Mary the, what about you? Yeah, when's the first time you saw it? I saw it, I feel like it was around, it, again, when I was in marching band. Um, I was I was introduced it's a to a very most. formative period for uh-huh. you yeah. in more ways than one. Oh. Boom. Kaboom. It was uh yes, but the, I was introduced I feel like to a lot of Star Wars uh films and Spaceballs I remember being one of them. So I I saw it like middle school early high school for the first time and I haven't seen it in so long so rewatching it was was a real trip. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. All right. Well, let's walk you all through the synopsis, everyone out there. Um, It's pretty quick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Not one of our long. We usually read long synopses of these movies, but this (laughs) one's real quick. In a distant galaxy, planet Spaceball has depleted its air supply, leaving its citizens reliant on a product called Perry Air. In desperation, Spaceball's leader, President Scroob, orders the evil Dark Helmet to kidnap Princess Vespa of oxygen-rich Druidia and hold her hostage in exchange for air. Help arrives for the princess in the form of renegade space pilot Lone Star and his half-man, half-dog partner, Barf. Barf. <laughs> Candy. I love John, John Candy. Candy. We were, my husband and I were just re-watching Uncle Buck, and that he is so funny in Brilliant. that. Brilliant. Brilliant. He is amazing. John Candy, man. Rest. Rest easy. Yes. Nicole, what was your opinion on this uh, film? Okay. <laughs> I... I mean, people were like, gee, you're going to love it. Like my roommate, John Milheiser, was like, you're going to love it. He was so excited to watch it with me. And he would just Mm -hmm. be tee hee heeing. And I would be like stone silent because I was like, this isn't funny to me. (laughs) I agree. I agree. And I was so excited to talk to you because I was like, I'm sitting here and I get why it is why, funny. Yes. yes. But I'm going, ah, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I'm just not. But I did feel like if this came out right when Star Wars yes. or was happening and like sure. this humor is very like airplane mm-hmm. style. It's like exactly wordplay. like, yes. Yeah, totally. So that was like a trend. And it felt like if you were really into Star Wars, it would be so fun to go to the theater yes. and like laugh at this movie and make fun of it because you don't have a lot of outlets for that at that point. Like yes. it's like this is a whole big movie making fun of it. That's great. But I did find myself thinking like, oh, not finding yeah. parts where I'm the my favorite part. I'll tell you my favorite part was when that little thing that sort of like alien reference, like oh, yeah. whatever it was, from, pops out of the guy and then does the dance, dance. along the counter. Yes. I was laughing at that. I laughed at that. that I laughed a funny. little bit at Joan Rivers. I thought she was very Me funny. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the more I thought about it, I was like, we've consumed like 20 some odd years of Star Wars in a couple of months. These people yeah. had a huge break in between one of the movies and then this movie coming out. So it was like a nice little... um what is it? A moosh boosh? Is that a palate cleanser? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And a moose. And a moose boosh. A moose boosh. A moose boosh. I like a moosh boosh too. Oh, boy. Just <laughs> a moosh boosh. A moosh boosh. I can't believe I've been saying That's it what wrong it is now. for so long. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. It was not for me. Yeah. Also, there was no Luke. 
No, right, that was right. like Bill Pullman was supposed to be like both, both Luke yeah. and yeah. Han. Yeah, you know, I, I like that it ended with a wedding. Yes, because we always want them to kiss more in yes. these movies, and that was and nice. Do you? We did, yeah, we're always like, oh, like we're excited when they kiss. <laughs> we always want them to kiss more. <laughs> it's our biggest complaint. Yeah, we want to say like that's your biggest complaint for Star Wars in general. Like, yes, they, they don't they don't kiss Not enough. enough. Nobody's kissing. Ugh. And um, I, I also was really one thing I did say after was like, this is the best length of Star Correct. Wars film. It's an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah Every other short. Star Wars movie is like two and a half hours and it's real dedication of your time to watch it. This was gone in a minute. But Nicole, this you made a good point that like we've been watching this all compacted in this time that like if you get 10 years between a movie, a two and a half hour movie probably feels great. Yes. But we're like, I just watched a two and a half hour one of that one. So we feel like everything could be faster. But (laughs) but we found a lot to like. Yeah. Um, Do you want to read some of this trivia? Sure. Can I also just say, I really hated Pizza the Hut. Pizza the Hut. He was so (laughs) disgusting. It, that was hard to watch. At. There was a lot of food stuff that I was like, oh, "Yes, boy!" Like, and then he ate himself yes. at the end. Oh, that was, was like, upsetting. Okay, so trivia: <laughs> yeah. George Lucas got a chance to read the screenplay before production began and loved it so much that he decided to have his special effects company help with the movie. An example, oh. yeah, isn't that wild? Well, it makes me like it more actually. Same, and because uh, it's like fun when someone can just like poke fun at themselves. Yes, yes, yeah. that is he's cool. really good at that. That's cool. He's really good That's at cool. That. An example of this is the Millennium Falcon's cameo appearance in the movie can be spotted parked at the space diner uh, among the other space vehicles. I did not clock that. Fun. I didn't clock. Oh, that. Oh no, me, me either. I also um really liked the joke where they were talking about the merch and it was like everything was labeled yeah. like Spaceballs, the place yes. mask, mm-hmm. Spaceballs, the sheet. And I actually wanted the Spaceballs merch. I mean, I'm such a sucker for the merch for Star Wars. <laughs> it's so funny how easily swayed into buying merch you are. It's all I want. I was like, I saw the Spaceballs, the t-shirt, and I was like, I want that. <laughs> like, I don't even like this movie. I want this. It's, it's They're you very know, good. You know what I did like? I liked when they broke the fourth wall and they were like, well, we're going to try to watch the Spaceballs movie to find where they that, are. I, that and then they were turning so back hard. around. That, yeah. that was I actually that very was funny. Really very clever. funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. That yeah, was Mel cute. Brooks is the master of spoofs. Like he, yes. he just yeah. is a, he does spoofs so well. But it, but it is a, the humor is so different than what a spoof would look like now. Yes, totally. And I think him as yogurt was funny yeah. too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, what okay. a world! What a world! <laughs> what a world! What a world! According to Mel Brooks, George Lucas loved this movie so much, he wrote him a letter after its premiere saying he thought he was going to bust something from laughing so hard. So nice. that's really nice. That is nice. The escape pod launch sequence is an unused clip from Star Wars Episode Four: A New Help, uh, provided to Mel Brooks by Lucasfilm. That's nice. Wow. But also, how are there so many unused clips from these movies? These movies are two and a half <laughs> hours long. Didn't you use all of the footage? It's <laughs> but you're well, shooting... how about the part at the beginning? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, what would you... go I ahead, was just Mary. gonna say, well, you're shooting for like six months, right? Yeah. I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah. Long you have so much period. footage. Yeah, there's a lot that's, that's so left. Long. That's so crazy yeah. to shoot for six months and then not all of it makes it into the movie. I shot for yeah. two years. What? Did you? This is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I shot for two years because it was like for me, it was I had to do all the principal photography with everybody oh. else. And then I had to go oh. do all the CG stuff with ILM. Wow. So I did like two movies. You know, That's I had to, amazing. That final Wild. battle scene in Phantom Menace is me by myself running around um, industrial lights and magic, jumping on things and throwing things, you know, <laughs> for like 
I want to rewatch oh, parts yeah, of this same. just to think about you doing it now. Yeah, like, that's me so too. Interesting. Lauren, this is what I was saying when we were talking about Phantom Menace. I was like, if people knew the work that went into this, they would be saying other things. I yeah, know. It was huge. Like that final battle scene is like an entire Buster Keaton movie. If you watch, if there's a there's a Buster Keaton movie where he's like running away from mm-hmm. barrels, rolling down hills and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, that's exactly what that final battle scene, what George wanted it to be. Uh, a big battle scene, but he wanted it to feel like a Buster Keaton movie. Mm-hmm. So we wow. would watch like Buster Keaton and analyze the film. Like George is a really great, he's a wonderful filmmaker, like really uh, intricate, really into detail, really knows what he's talking about. So we would like sit and watch Buster Keaton movies for hours. That's and then cool. he would just like point out what he liked, what he didn't want, what he wanted, and he, how he wanted me to move, how he wanted it to feel. And then I would wow. just do it. I would just do my best in doing it. Amazing. If you could, you could watch like the Buster Keaton movie and that final battle scene like side by side. You'll see a lot of the similarities. That's wow. cool. Yeah. That is, Pretty yeah. Um, one last little bit of trivia about this movie: the barf costume was operated by three people, which surprises me. John Candy <laughs> operated Barf's tail using a hidden control in his paw. Um, well, two assistants each controlled an ear, an ear and right. his costume was powered by a 30 pound battery that he wore on his back. Ooh, oh, that's ooh, uncomfortable. Yikes. Ooh. Jeez. Jeez. That's wrong. It's and the Spaceballs has a fi- uh, 57% on Rotten Tomatoes, but an 83% audience score. Yeah. Mm. It was so, big with the people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad we watched it because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I was waiting for this moment for so, yeah. so long. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to because there is such a Star Wars is such a weighty universe like there's mm-hmm. there's so much built around it and it's, it's decades long and so expansive and has there's it's so serious. Um, I mean, there are aspects of it that are, are lighter and um, funny, but the Spaceballs just undercuts all of that mm-hmm. and just makes fun of every single aspect, which yeah. is it's nice. It's sort of like. Uh, you get to like have a deep breath after consuming so much mm-hmm. heaviness. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, George has such a great sense of humor and he likes poking fun at his universe, at the world. You know, Seth Green and Matt Sinreich, who do Robot Chicken, mm-hmm. when they did the Robot Chicken Star Wars special, like George was 100% on board with that. And wow. then they did uh, an animated series that I hope will come out one of these days. Um, that George was involved with called Detours. And it's like, it's the same robot chicken writers. And um, George like collaborated on this thing. And it's all about the opening of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And they treated the Death Star like it was like opening a shopping mall. <laughs> That's and funny. It's so funny. It was like one of the funniest <laughs> shows that I've done. With Seth Green and Matt and George and loved it. And right before it came out, the Disney sale went through. So it never oh. saw the Oh, the day. dang. Man, I hope it does someday. I hope so, too, because that like the spirit of Star Wars has always been the ability for it to like really make fun of itself and be mm-hmm. self-deprecating on the outside. Like George is cool with that. You know, he's not into like insulting it but he really is into like poking fun at all the little things and the holes and finding the levity in it so i hope that tradition continues you know and mel brooks is just like such a master yeah Mm -hmm. i think that though that's also 
Jedi Temple challenge to me feels like an instance of like leaning into the side of the universe that is uh, has more levity and, you know, is for kids and Mm -hmm. for kids and adults, but but is has a a brightness to it and a um, a humor that I think it's it's cool to explore that aspect of the. Yeah, there's a hope to it, you know, at, Mm -hmm. at the end of the. At the end of the day, Star Wars is all about that hope. It's that belief in that universal connection. It's that mm-hmm. we can overcome, you know, the the darkest part of us if we stay true and stay loyal and stay hopeful. You know, Luke Skywalker's journey is all about the hope of redeeming his father. Anakin Skywalker's story is the hope of redeeming himself. And with Jedi Temple Challenge, like we're all sitting there hoping these kids win. Like we are, oh, we're all, oh boy, we're are we all, hoping they win? <laughs> we're just like, oh, please, and then, you know, and then, <laughs> just in the control room, like, come on. <laughs> How old are they? They're between the, eleven the and fourteen. Oh, okay. okay. And, and there are these moments where we're in the control room and in the final challenge, as that's the only kind of timed challenge, and as time is ticking down and they're getting close to like maybe not being able to finish, everybody in the control room was like pins and needles, like. Are they going to yeah. come on? And we're like yelling at the screen, like, come on, you can do it. We just got, get it. Because we, we, oh. we just really want them to succeed. You know, we yeah. really want them to be something. And then the message is like, even if you don't succeed, all you got to do is go back and get some more training. Mm-hmm. It's not like, all mm-hmm. right, sorry, Padawan, but. That you know, was it. That was your one chance. <laughs> don't give up your day job. Like, <laughs> see ya. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But no, That's it's just nice. like, you know True. what? Go Let's back, try again. get some training, and then come back and do this again. And then Mary even has a joke, which like she was like, "Hey, uh, Master Beck, how long did it take you to finish the trials?" And I was like, "I'd like to not talk about that right now." Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it is That's about great. it is about embracing the the possibilities of failing upward and and mm-hmm. trying and and keeping the hope alive to succeed in time in your time. Aww. You know. I like that. That's nice. Yeah, and I think with our experience, like the watching all these movies, that is something that has stuck out to me that may, has given me like, you know, chills or made me want to cry at certain points in these movies where like they, they are have the really hopeful sort mm-hmm. of, or just the feeling of like um, b- being good, good versus evil. Like it's just like, it's really nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've learned a lot, haven't we, Nicole? We've learned so much and so little, all at the same time. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, we have. my God. Um, <laughs> we're going like to we wrap it up in ta- a sec. We've been talking of space balls. I didn't, I felt, I felt like we kind of just, yeah, space balls. I think Do we, we get did. enough space balls in here? I'm much I, more interested in you meeting Michael Jackson me than too. I am in yeah. delving yeah. into the Talk about world space, space balls. Um, well, is there anything you two would like to promote? Let's talk about where we can watch uh, the Jedi Temple yes. Challenge. Where is that available for everyone? Yeah, where is that, Mary? Where is that? It's uh, You could go to the Star Wars Kids website. You can watch the videos there. Or you can go on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel yes. and the episodes are there. And they're totally free and they're up on YouTube and on the website so they would be accessible to more kids. That's great. Um, I love that. No paywall. Yeah, no paywall. That's kids so awesome. Kids all around the world can watch it now. And if you go to my IG page, I usually link to it through my stories and through my profile. Uh, great. So all you got to do is like go to the stories and swipe up and you'll find the link. Amazing. And is there it. anything else you guys would like to promote either of you? 
Um, While we're... What, Mary? What are you doing? What's what's happening? Oh my with gosh. You? <laughs> um, well, I'm I'm on another show that's actually also up on YouTube yes. for free. Um, it's uh, on the Comedy Central channel called Robbie. All eight episodes of the first season of Robbie are up, and it's really fun. It's a fun watch, um, and uh, and that is great. Great. And Mary is so funny in it. Like She's Mary, hysterical. you were so oh, good in Robbie. So I <laughs> texted you late at night, and I was like, "I like you and Robbie." <laughs> so yes, people should watch it because you're so good on it. Thank you. Yeah. I haven't gotten to watch awesome. it yet, and now I'm going to watch it all. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, watch it all. I'm going <laughs> to consume. Yes, I'm going to consume it as well. We are going to uh, read a five star review. Uh, five Ooh. Star Wars uh, review segment. Okay. Uh, what have you done to me? This is from Liz Wather. Wazer? I don't know. Hating Star Wars has always been a part of my identity. My friends and I famously had a screaming match over how bad the franchise is in a Chinese restaurant on Christmas Day right after seeing Force Awakens in theaters. The other nice Jewish family next to us asked to be moved. <laughs> now somehow I'm 10 movies deep in the series because of how obsessed I am with this podcast. Nicole and Lauren Aww. regularly reduce me to hysterical laughter and tears and occasional shouts of answers to their questions as if they could actually hear me. This podcast has been a true gift and a real treat in quarantine. If you ever do another season, Aww. I beg of you to watch Lord of the Rings. Well, da, da, yes! Da. Yes! Wow. What, That's Liz? Great. Well, thank you, Liz. That's, this is the perfect time to announce then that we will be covering Lord, Lord of, of the, the Rings. Rings for season two. Oh, nice. And we will, Lord, That's great. I am already devastated. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm scared. I feel um, overwhelmed at the amount of uh, stuff we have to watch. Me Speaking too. of long movies, those they're like, like three, three and a half hours. hours. Very long. They go by so fast. Yeah. That's you what guys people are going to love it. I have a couple <laughs> Hobbit stories too. Oh, oh my well, God. We, well, you should yeah, come, back come back. Because yeah. yeah. We, I had a couple will... nights with the Hobbits that ended oh. really interesting. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very yeah. intrigued. Okay. They came over from New Zealand to Australia while we were shooting Attack of the Clones and <gasps> we all hung out. Oh. And it was interesting. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Inside it was like the scoop. hobbits, a couple elves. It was. It, it was. It was. <laughs> Have you written a, a book? This is I feel wild. Like, yeah, yeah, you need to, need write to write a hear book. these stories. Yeah, it was crazy. It was me oh, and Natalie my. and a couple hobbits and um, Orlando Bloom. That is such it a funny weird. way okay. to start a story. So it was me, Natalie Portland, Portland, uh, Orlando Bloom, some hobbits and elves. And the hobbits. <laughs> and the elves. hobbits. An elf or two. Yeah, yeah, we had some nights. The Ewok came. Wow. Really yeah, fascinating. It was weird. So enjoy those movies, ladies. Enjoy those movies. Well, Thank we're you. excited. And we will be back with new episodes later this summer on the same feed. So you can just stay subscribed right where you are and you'll find us. Yeah, so that's a wrap on this season of Newcomers. We want to thank all of our amazing guests who came on. And as, uh, we also want to thank Marissa Melnick, Claire Slaughter, Ferris Monchi, Monchi. and Ryan Radderizma. This is honestly what, is what has, this has been what has happened the end every single episode when Nicole has to say any name. We've been uh, Ahmed Bulls. 
Hercules and Mary Hollers. It's because it was written out phonetically. I knew, I knew you were oh, looking at the phonetics and going, a, "What?" As opposed to just reading the names I know. Yeah, those are right. way Mar- more Mar- consonants Mar- and names. Claire Slaughter, Ferris Monchi, and Ryan Redersma, who helped this season <laughs> and helped it. make it come to life. Ryan Murphy. <laughs> there was there was a moment when I saw that Nicole was going to read that paragraph, and I went, "Ooh, I should have just kept going." <laughs> I think you threw like a cue in there. I appreciate I appreciate the thought that went into I should keep going. And then me just real just going for it hard and wrong. You went in. Oh my, my god. Drum Do teacher we have a- used to say, if you're gonna be wrong, be loud and wrong. <laughs> That's my That's mantra yes. life. I love that. <laughs> Very loud um, and wrong. Well, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been a guest on the show. And thank you, Nicole, for um, doing this with me, because I think it's been it's been so fun it's and eye opening. We blast. finally got to watch these movies that we've been hearing about our whole lives. And it was it couldn't have been a better way to do it than to do it with you. So I'm so glad. I agree. Lauren, thank you. I think you're a real treat. And it's been so nice <laughs> getting to spend time with you, even though it's it has not nice. in person anymore. I know it's been really nice. So do you have anything you want to plug on our final episode before we um, peace out? I think you should watch Lauren on Good Girls. I tried to get a picture of your billboard of the wrong Missy on Vine, but I looped around and then looped around again and somehow missed it twice and it was like I need to go live my life they had already taken it down they were like next (laughs) (laughs) but yeah watch Lauren and everything she's got a Patreon and she's perfect Oh, and follow Nicole's Patreon and her many other podcasts. Why Won't You Date Me? Best Friends with Sashir Zameda. Um, Get her book, Very Fat, Very Brave. Get it from a Black-owned bookstore. Yeah. We have posted many links to these things on our on our social medias. And um, do it. Like, get this book. It's hilarious. I flip through it and just every page is a delight. It is amazing. Thank and every you. picture is beautiful. It's hilarious. Everything you've written in there. The captions are amazing. Everyone needs to get this book. So, Thank you all for following us yes, and we'll you. see you later this summer with Lord of the Rings. Oh, and if boy. you've never seen it, then I hope you stick around and <laughs> see what we think. We have said Lord of the Rings. Mary has gotten so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Just the same Lord of the wait. Rings. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I can't wait. Oh, my word for word. word. I can say it word for word. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. thank you two so much for being on and Thanks we appreciate it so yes, much. Thank you guys so thank much. Thank you for having us. We'll see you guys later this summer. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That was a headgum podcast.